Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. Across the country, things are changing. The rut, some places in full swing, some places it's tapering off, and we have new seasons coming in. You can either embrace the changes or brace for the changes. Either one, it's time to get in the woods. Welcome to the Rut Fresh Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Smith. Tyler Jones is on the couch here with me, and we have another special, super special appearance of the one and only Chocoed Deer Hunter, Mark <laughs> Kenyon. What's up, bro? I'm just telling you that if someone made Chacos and camouflage, they would absolutely kill in the field, all right? Uh, yeah, yeah so just- for sure. I think there's people, never mind. No, there's not. I don't know that. I don't know people who would wear those. Actually, <laughs> how Man, would they do with uh, climbing sticks? That's the thing I would be concerned about. You know, like well, that, the functionality no, is something you're going to know about. So tell well, me. Well, that's the thing. Is chacos like for those who don't know, chacos are like heavy duty sandals, either like flip flops or there's a version that kind of goes like straps over the top of your foot and stuff like that. And they're made for hiking, rafting, fishing, that kind of stuff. So they actually have a really thick and really grippy. Uh, soul that you could go like rock climbing and stuff in. So yeah, I can go up the climbing sticks. I could sit up there <laughs> comfy as can be. I'll hike back two miles on public land and I'll out hunt you guys in my sandals. <laughs> I, I can vouch that you will hike two miles real quick too. Uh, it's true. You've seen it. In, I have. In my chocos. Oh, long strides. <laughs> oh, long strides. I've had to keep up with that, man. Uh, yep. You know, I tried chocos one time. And I was in Washington State. My wife had bought them for me. And I thought, these would be pretty good for fishing, maybe. And they ate my feet up so bad that, like, I had a hole in my foot for six months. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but the straps just destroyed my feet. So I never wore them again. I, I do feel like there's, like, a break-in period for your feet. 
like especially if you're wearing the ones that are like the fully strapped ones you do need your feet to kind of like adjust to them and like develop a little bit of like a rough spot or something you know mm. yeah your feet have the rough uh, spots for sure <laughs> oh really them. yeah man. <laughs> them, oh, it's, it's just my side no, I'm saying yeah. them, I was how many like, senses you use to yeah, know that side, yes side it, it's in, just uh, like tanned just like tanned leather like a good it looks like an elephant foot skin hide. <laughs> you ever yep. seen how when an elephant foot flexes when it hits the ground that's what your the sides of your foot look like so it's are we talking cool. about deer hunting or what? Yeah, uh, we, are. We, we can. We, we can. Other people do that, you know, in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you have deer hunted, though, right? Just not in Chacos lately, but you have been deer not hunting. In, not in Chacos, yeah. but I have been deer hunting. I hunted uh, the last oh, three, four days of the bow season in Michigan and then uh, hunted the last three days um, preceding this conversation there during gun season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've been out there, been getting some interesting weather. And uh, have been, you know, seeing some of that mid-November type of action you might expect, that lockdown. And, and now we're starting to shift into like that second phase, that second half of the rut. And stuff's going to be changing here again soon, too. So Is Michigan yeah, a state fun. where they force you to use the weapon that the season is issued as? Or can you use a lesser weapon? You can use a lesser weapon. How do you treat so, that personally? I personally am not a bow only kind of dude. Mm-hmm. So I will use whatever's legal and whatever's most convenient or enjoyable. Yeah. So what that means is that I'm using a bow when it's bow season. Uh, but when it's gun season, I'm using, you know, a rifle. Mm-hmm. And in muzzleloader season, they actually have changed the rules in our part of Michigan. And you can actually use any legal firearm in certain parts of the state during muzzleloader season. Um, because of CWD issues. So if I'm hunting in one of those regions, I'll use the rifle too. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, uh, not too good for that. I, uh, we probably aren't either. I do a lot of bow hunting cause it's like being close, you know, but Texas has such a liberal gun season that, uh, you know, if you played by those rules, you'd end up gun hunting for like three months straight, you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I just kind of wonder, uh, you know, growing up, uh, tactics changed dr- drastically when you went from, rifle to bow and i wonder if that's how it works for you two up there you know yes and no um it opens up new possibilities you know when i know that i can stretch out there and shoot you know where i gun hunt most of my gun hunting is in the southern part of the state so you can't use a um you know every rifle you've got to use a straight wall <laughs> cartridge mm-hmm. if you're going to use that or use a slug gun or a muzzle loader so you're not shooting super super far Anyways, um, but, you know, I, I'll stretch out and be like, okay, I, I could, you know, be in the game at 100, 150 yards, something like that, where, you know, with my bow, I've got to be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be within 30 or 40, whatever it is. So it, it opens up a few new possibilities for me, but I don't just hunt, you know, some big wide open field in a box blind expecting to kill a big giant buck. If I'm after, you know, a mature buck, it's usually still pushing back on the edges of cover, still pushing back in those spots that I'd be bow hunting. But now I'm just able to have a little bit more grace. I'm able to set up in a spot that I have less risk of blowing him out of town or getting winded by other does and, and still being in the game. Like the poop line? Um, the poop line is a good example of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. And it worked out swimmingly. <laughs> Can you talk about... Uh... What's your, what does your <laughs> rifle setup look like for deer? So I've got a couple. I've got uh, I got my Northern Michigan gun, which is just a, a thirty out six, um, but that's more of a um, 
passed down from grandpa gun. So it's not as customized for the situation or something. It's just my grandpa's old 30 at six that he gave me that I like to use up there. And then down in Southern Michigan, where I've got to use a straight wall cartridge, I've got a uh, 350 legend, um, which is, you know, a a nice, nice, easy shooting, quiet, not a lot of recoil, single shot, just a little tack driver. Uh, So it's not fancy. But it's like my 150-yard gun that's just sweet. So that's what I use in my local stuff that's down there in the southern part of the state. Cool. That's pretty slick, man. Well, I, uh, I've i been still just bow hunting, you know, here, even though rifle's open. So <laughs> I, uh, He's a purist, you know. I'm, I'm a purist. Drive only, He's, right? Oh, I will say this. It's a, it's a weird thing that maybe most people don't think about, but um, uh, YouTube – people that work at youtube like uh they don't like guns all always so it's a kind of a difficult thing when you produce videos to uh trade the bow in and hopes that uh youtube is okay with you shooting something with a gun you know mm-hmm. so that's, that's interesting yeah. i never thought about that yep that's why you know because we pretty much video every single thing we do and so yeah um yeah it's it's a odd thing that uh we have to be careful of i guess so and another uh, thing around here is like if you wanted to shoot a deer with a gun you probably could so like i like to hunt and be out there quite a bit so like the bow kind of limits me and lets me hunt a little more uh yeah so uh he's limited to 100 yards with a bow that's right (laughs) (laughs) so i've been hearing actually 110 if you put the the bottom pin at the top of the back you know Uh, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying about the the self limits. And yeah. you know, if I was hunting, you know, I don't know some mega managed awesome farm where there was a whole bunch of shooter bucks, and I would be finishing off my season right away if I had the gun. You know, I probably would stick with the bow too. Mm-hmm. But I know, like, you know, for example, in Michigan, like I've got a very very tiny chance of killing a buck that I'm after, even with the gun still. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's still going to be a big chance. Like honestly. If I had to bet, like with the spots I have to hunt right now, you know, there might be one night in the next month and a half where that buck will come out. And so yeah. I'm going to have to be very, very lucky to be there and to have uh, him in range, even with, you know, 150 yard range. Yeah. yeah. So, you bring up a good point, man. Like, um, you know, being able to, like, people, um, you know, that in, in the hunting space, there's a lot of, uh, I guess, banter about, you know, what's the right way to do things, ethics, you know, what are ethics even really? And, um, it's just interesting that you say that because I feel like that a lot of people should spend more time thinking about, um, you know, self-limiting, I guess a little bit, like, what do you mm-hmm. want out of the, out of the hunt and, and how can you manage that with <laughs> your, like, uh, the time of year you hunt slash the weapon you hunt with slash the blind you sit in or whatever you know and, yeah. and how just, much time you have yeah yeah i think like that's something to think about right like um some guys uh work really hard and get five days a year so maybe it's okay that they hunt with a rifle yeah. and you you know or a crossbow or whatever so or how much meat you have that's the thing yeah. that i'm in right yep. now you know i've shot a couple <laughs> bucks and i shot a elk in september so um you know i don't really have to go out there and blast one you know, I can go yeah. out there and sit and enjoy and, and be kind of um, picky about what to shoot at, you know, and, and just kind of enjoy the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I feel like, you know, we talked about this uh, in some of our other conversations over the course of this year. But, you know, my 
one of my big goals this year was just to like get back to doing what's fun, like not doing the thing that I, that people that I think people think I should do, not yeah. doing the thing <laughs> that other people want me to do, mm-hmm. not doing something because I feel pressured for this reason or that, but just going out and having fun. So if that means that I'm going to go to my family deer camp for four days and not have a chance to shoot anything really, but you know, get to do something awesome with my son, well, then I'm going to do that. And yeah. if it means I'm going to, you know, whatever else it is, I just feel like this year leaning into that has, has taken pressure off and, and, and made it so much more enjoyable. And because of that, I think I've had, you know, that, that has maybe in part led to some of the success I've had. Yeah, yeah man. Dude, and, you're, um, you're a pioneer in this space, man. And like, I appreciate you saying this right now. Cause I think it's a, uh, you're a leader, man. And it's, it's good for people to hear. I think it's uh, something to think about where, um, because I, I actually had a conversation with a guy the other day, friend of mine who was, who shot a deer couldn't find it, tracked it for 600 yards, crossed another property, got permission, all this stuff, never found it. And he's really bummed yeah. out because that's happened a couple times recently to him. And, you know, he said, I just embarrassed, man. You know, like people are smoking deer right now and I'm shooting another one that I can't find, you know. And I was like, who are you talking about people? Because is this Instagram? Because yeah. you're only going to see the good stuff. And exactly. you're only going to feel these expectations from the people who are, you know, I don't know, talk, talking heads of hunting or whatever, you know, it's like, yep. uh, so like, again, I appreciate you saying it as a, a leader in the space, man. It, it, uh, helps people to think about this stuff rightly. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think we all just got to hunt our own hunts yeah. and have fun and, and then just stop worrying about all the other noise out there and social media and the media and, and all that kind of stuff. We just, yeah. we just got to get back to doing it for, your own reasons in your own way. And, um, and man, it's such an awesome thing. It's a shame mm-hmm. for all these other outside worries to, to cloud that. It's so, fun, uh, man. Ted Nugent says that you can't do this in France. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's man, right. He's right. I'll, I'll give him that. He's right on that. <laughs> that's right. Um, Mark knows, dude, fellow Michigander. He's all about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, he is. Cut from the he's same a, cloth, a, man. That's it. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'll tell you what, my son, Absolutely loves that song, Fred Bear. So we frequently have Ted Nugent <laughs> top of mind in my truck because we're, we're jamming out. So uh, if I bump into Nugent at the gas station one of these days, I'll, I'll always give him a firm handshake and a hug for that. <laughs> there you go, man. That's good. Oh, man, that's cool. Well, um, you talked about a lot of the opportunities that you've had lately. We've had some opportunities as well. And across the country, opportunities are opening up with – you know, the rut coming in in the south, it's a pretty exciting time for people, you know, and honestly, I know up in the north yeah. country, it's a good time of year to kill a deer because they start uh, kind of coming off that lockdown and into kind of that postseason type pattern, hitting food sources and yep. stuff. So we've got a few hunters from around the country who are going to give us their report this week. We got Jimmy Shirey in Pennsylvania, Patrick Pacinger in Tennessee, Graham Cronin with a report from Wisconsin, and Daniel Powell from down south in Alabama. He's going to tell us about a deer he sh- big deer he shot down there, too. So uh, things are happening all across the country, man, and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. We're about to go hunt with our buddy Clay up in uh, Arkansas. And nice. once we get done with that, we're going to hunt with old Mark Kenyon in Texas, as we've been kind of alluding to here for a few weeks. It's going to be the Super Bowl of the year, boys. That's I've it, been right. looking forward to it for months. It's going to be the peak of our seasons. All right? We're going to top <laughs> We're going to top all the crazy stuff you've been doing across the rest of the country, and we're just going to tear it up and wherever the heck Texas we're going. Yeah, you better start eating some spicy food and get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, you know, 
your get your belly ready for it basically you know and i, oh, I know man. that also the, the the taste buds you know i don't want you to be thinking our ketchup is spicy down that's here it, dude. you know you know no, man you're uh, i love it <laughs> you want your contact point to be the same on your bow you know like I'd hate for like you to eat a jalapeno and your mouth swell up and then it be kind of weird, you know. So <laughs> face stop working. That's right. <laughs> your face stop working. I, I, I guess I'm. I'm I don't know. I I, I feel like I, I'm the guy that likes spicy food up here, but you are you are kind of getting me worried to see if like the baseline, <laughs> like what's spicy in Michigan, maybe is not spicy in Texas. So. I maybe am in for a whole world of hurt. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> well, the taste I'm is excited. Good. I can tell you the taste will be good yeah, for sure, buddy, man. Yeah. yeah. How like, much? Like uh, mild sauce at Taco Bell, spicy, right? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> That's actually what we use, uh, you know, as as most uh, condiments is just the yeah. mild spicy. We get, we at every Mexican food restaurant, you get <laughs> chips and mild Taco Bell sauce. Dude, I gotta I gotta tell you this. I I, I don't like to throw further under the bus, but further gets mild sauce at Taco Bell. I I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I believe it for sure, dude. I can't wait for him to come home with us. Yeah. So to throw a little hunting kick on it here, still, Mark, how many deer have you killed from the ground, sir? Ever? Yeah, or, or uh, like, um, say, like, not in a blind, you know, just kind of like mono e mono on the ground with a deer. I don't know, a handful? Okay, cool. So, I don't know if you know that or not, but our hunt is going to be pretty much 100% on the ground, just kind of in the brush. So, yes. uh, I'm kind of excited about that aspect of it, and I hope you are too. So. Um, I am too, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I killed all of my deer last year from the ground without a blind, actually. Really? Yeah, but those are mostly with a gun. This will be with a mm, bow, yeah. so mm-hmm. be a little different. You're going to so, look yeah, like I'm a still... Sasquatch walking around in there, dude. <laughs> in my sandals. Yep. <laughs> hey, you actually probably could get away with it outside the, the prickly cactus. pear. Yeah. There's this thing called chola cactus. You ever heard of that? I mm. have heard of it. Yeah, yeah, so be ready. It's going to be fun. You actually, you probably encountered some of that in some of your coos deer hunting, I would imagine. So very similar yeah, habitat maybe. to some of that. So. Well, I'm excited, gentlemen. I'm excited too, Mark. Let's uh, get to these interviews so we can get to that hunt pretty soon. Let's do it. This is Graham Cronin with Vortex Optics. Has been out doing some hunting in Wisconsin, his home state there. Graham, what's happening, dude? Not too much. Casey, how you doing, man? Doing well. Kind of getting over the sickness. I think a lot of guys struggle with this, though. You can tell me if you have ever dealt with this, but like... You almost get run down during November because you're eating kind of junky food and you're out in the cold a lot and not sleeping normal schedule and it's just like your immune system catches up with you. You ever feel that way? Oh, I absolutely feel that way. I get that way. Turkey season, deer season, I turn into, for lack of a better term, a piece of garbage with just the junk food, <laughs> energy drinks. But hey, you get through it, man. You yeah, that's right, it. dude. That black rifle, uh, you know, coffee drinks and some Casey's pizza, you know, it feels good at the moment, but it catches up with you, you know. So, oh yeah, it takes a toll yeah. on you after a couple weeks of it. That's right, man. So how uh, how has the hunting been up in Wisconsin? The hunting has been really good here. You know, like a lot of the the country, we experienced that, um, you know, really abnormally hot beginning to November, which you know historically, you know, that's kind of where I'd put you know my bet on of killing a buck, but. It kind of pushed a lot of that daytime movement back a little bit to you know around the around the 10th of november we had a pretty big temp drop it dropped from 70 to about 28 mm, overnight that's and a dream. It was, i mean after that it was like lights on they were just running like crazy so it's been pretty hot and heavy here yeah that's cool so is it, it's it's still kind of going huh you still seeing quite a bit of movement chasing and that kind of thing in the past week yeah we've been seeing a lot of chasing still going on i'd say it's 
kind of starting to tamper down a little bit. I'd say we're probably getting close to that lockdown phase of it. Um, plus, our gun season just opened up, and you know, with all that pressure of the Orange Army out there, it definitely takes a toll and kind of pushes down to some of that daytime movement. But yeah, I've got it looks good right now. How do you uh, kind of approach that pressure from the the gun season stuff? Do you embrace it, or do you kind of not look forward to it? How's that work? Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. You know, it's out of your control, right? It yeah. is what it is. So you can either figure a way around it, or you know, you can sit inside and whine about it. So there's definitely some spots where you can find some unpressured pieces and, you know, do all of that. Otherwise, you know, a lot of times I like to bank on, you know, I know what neighbors are going to be kind of doing what and their hunt style. So I can kind of use that to my advantage, knowing if they're going to start pushing deer around and, you know, where those doe bed, the more information like that you can have. I mean, you can set yourself up to still be super successful this time of year. Yeah. So our, our uh, deer drive is like a pretty big thing up there in Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's definitely the popular way to hunt, especially for those guys that are, you know, maybe only hunting that opening weekend where they've got two days to get it done. You know, they can't wait for a deer to walk by. They kind of got to force the issue a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'd say definitely that second day, you know, sometimes a lot of people sit that first day and then that second day, if they don't have something, they're going in and pushing through. Yeah. So would you, would you, would you, do you like hunting when deer drives are going on like that? Does that, do you feel like that gives you an advantage where you sit? I mean, it, it's tough to predict what it's going to do because, I mean, they could kick something up and you could all of a sudden have, you know, 10 screaming deer running by you or, you know, they could just blow the place up. You never see anything and, you know, they could kind of put damper on that area for a couple days. So it's one of those things, like I said, you kind of just got to roll with it more than anything. Um, a lot of the spots where I go, you can kind of tend to get away from some of that pressure. You know, if you kind of bomb into some of those deeper areas where, you know, the average guy is not going to get into it. Can, you can definitely use those deer drives to your advantage. What's the, what's the way to stop a deer that's screaming by you? Oh man, just yell, Hey, at it. <laughs> <laughs> or just a slug, you know, that'll probably slug, stop pretty yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Those tend to work pretty good too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you got to throw the whole kitchen sink at them to get them to stop sometimes. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. If you got the shot and they're running. If you got to do it, you got to do it. There you go. There you go. You practice for, for a reason, right? That's right. That's right. I got big buck hunter downstairs for a reason. Yes, sir. <laughs> let's go. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. So, um, let's talk about maybe a setup or a tactic for whenever there is that big pressure. Are you trying to find like funnels and escape routes whenever that kind of stuff's going on? Are you just trying to find the thickest stuff you can that way you're just kind of in a sanctuary or what does that look like? Yeah, kind of a mixture of the two and kind of depends on the property, but yeah, definitely finding those funnels um, where you think that they could run through. And, you know, if you kind of have an idea of, you know, what that party or that neighbor is going to do, um, you can kind of set up based on that. Otherwise I like to find some thick bedding cover. I mean, if the does are going to be there, especially with how things have kind of shaken out this year, you know, there's still some hot does running around. So mm -hmm. if you can find those bedding areas, even if they're not, you know, pushing deer, you know, there's still a really good chance that you get a buck just cruising by checking those areas. Yeah. Cool, man. That sounds like a good strategy. And I think you are ready to rock and roll. You still have a tag left, right? Yep. So I filled my archery tag here in Wisconsin. So I still have my rifle tag though. So I've got what, six more days of the rifle season here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can get it done. Nice, man. That's cool. So if you had to look forward to the next week here, kind of through the Thanksgiving holiday and had to rank buck movement on a scale of one to 10, what would you call it? Yeah. So I definitely think it's going to be slowing down a little bit from what we've seen in the past week, um, but it's not going to be terrible. I'd put it probably around a six um, just with the gun season pressure. And I think they're kind of starting to get 
like I said, a little bit into that lockdown phase. I think they're going to start slowing a little bit of that movement. But, I mean, like I said, anything can happen this time of year. Yep. Six is a good number, man. I mean, that's a good hunting day if you're thinking about, you know, uh, the realistic terms. And uh, we also call that the Mid- Midwest Six now because all you Midwesties love to say six, I think, because you're kind of <laughs> like barely optimistic, but you don't want to give it too much credit, you know, so it's a pretty common answer. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not it's not a complete downer where you're like, I'm not going out, but it's still enough to give you some hope. Yeah, know? that's yeah. like the, you know, how the Wisconsin Badgers do at the beginning of the season, right? They kind of win a couple games, get you going, and then Ooh. let you down later, right? <laughs> too soon, too soon. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Grant, we appreciate the report, dude, and I hope you do find some success very soon sir hey appreciate it guys good luck to you out there all right now on the phone i've got daniel powell he's a realtor from alabama and he just shot a buck that i think would make most dudes in most states pretty jealous how's it going daniel oh it's going pretty good how you doing Tyler? <clears throat> i'm doing well man i'm i'm uh you know a little worn out from the hunt this morning but um uh, and it wasn't quite as successful as you've had lately. But uh, tell me a little bit about the buck, man, and, and uh, what was he doing? I mean, I, I kind of want to hear about him. He, he looks he looks big. Now, pictures can lie one way or the other a lot of times, but he looks like a toad. Yeah, um, definitely around here, we would say he's a mature buck. I mean, he was. we got him scored right now at 167 and three Ooh. quarters. Oh we'll, get a, we'll get us opinion on that, but uh, – Right now, I think he's all over 168 for sure. Golly. At least I'll call 168. <laughs> <laughs> give him what but, he's uh, got, man. Give him, give him all right. of it. That's right. And I really didn't have much history with this deer, I tell you. And then, uh, as far as what he was doing, he was traveling. This dude was a traveling deer after talking to neighbors because I never talked to any of the neighbors about this deer prior, of course. But once it got on social media and Instagram, Two days after I killed that deer, I mean, my phone started ringing. And uh, it was neighbors, you know, calling, mm-hmm. saying they had pictures of this deer. One of them that had a majority of pictures was uh, three miles from us, and he had them out of the October. Um, so that was pretty interesting. But this deer, he wasn't in my life real long. He, uh, he showed up two weeks ago today, and... Uh, it was the first time I've seen them in two years. And it took about a day to looking at old trail cam photos to find them. But uh, we had them as a two-and-a-half-year-old deer cool. that was uh, – he was real heavy-horned and just a lot of potential, great potential. So is he just and cruising for does? He wasn't uh, – he came in later behind those, but our rut really doesn't get kicked off in our area we're right in the middle of the black belt mm-hmm. from uh kind of south southeast of Starkville, mississippi but uh we're right here in this black belt and it usually don't take off to about mid-december for for far as our rut goes yeah that's kind of what i was wondering yeah i mean usually you got some weird ruts there in that state but there's you know there are a lot of them are later so what what, what do you think why was he traveling so much i think just the testosterone build up mm-hmm. in them Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't, he might've got pressured from the neighbors. They said they weren't really hunting. They're more rifle hunters. So I don't know if they were in a tree stand with a bow yet or not, but, uh, I don't know if he got pushed to us or he just kind of remembered from two years ago where we were. And uh, for the last two years, we've been clearing on this farm ground of ours with dozers and tracos and whatnot. So making all kinds of racket, but that didn't seem to bother him. 
and uh, he made home in one of these fingers out in the middle of the field, uh, about 20 yards wide of the thicket with the ditch running through it, and that was his bedding area. And uh, he showed up one morning at 7 o'clock, and uh, credit to my brother, he was running the cell camera there, mm-hmm. and he called me, and he said, uh, check your phone, see if you can handle my text. <laughs> and I opened it, and I said, and we haven't had a deer really worth chasing in the last few years. And I was like, Ty, that's a 116-inch deer, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's time to get serious. So that day I went to Woods and Water, our place up the road that has everything to do with hunting. And I had I bought no arrows, uh, scent locker suit. You know, I went all out. I said, <laughs> I I'm crossing all my T's on this guy. Yeah. And, uh. We're getting regular daylight pictures of them right before dark, right after daylight, every day for the rest of that week. Didn't have a lock on or anything in there, so me and my brother went in there Saturday, and we hung a lock on. And uh, don't know if that pushed them out or what, because I hunted them that evening and all day the next Sunday. And uh, didn't have a picture of them, never saw them. And so the next or the following Tuesday, which was last week, I, uh, I took off work. I went down there, and I got about a 1,000 yards away from that lock-on on the opposite end of where he was coming from. We had a good idea he was probably in that finger of woods bedding mm-hmm. in there. So I got on the other end of that, where it goes all the way down and meets creek. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I hung my cell camera there, and by midnight that night he was in front of it all right yes he's back he didn't go too far so i'm back at work and i'm looking at my phone and i'm seeing all these pictures and he was off and on from midnight to 4 a.m well i told my boss we had some busy days coming and he said well if you're going he's a hunter too he said if you're going to go he said you might want to go this evening because we're pretty (laughs) tied up i said well i'm out and i went i got my climber out of my attic and I took off to our farm, and uh, I hopped in that creek bottom, and I walked about 150 yards down in there until I could find a tree. There was only about one tree I could find that was climbable, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a great tree. It wasn't perfect. Didn't have a lot of cover. Um, I'm is facing this, the is this on the way to food, or what? What is, what is he? What is? Where is uh, so we cleared we cleared up a lot of ash trees right here. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of new vegetation coming up mm-hmm. out of the ground you know, just like wild rye and stuff sure. like that and oats and also it's just some tender grass and i guess that's what it what they like mm-hmm. i had a pinch point there because we had all the trees pushed up in windrows and they were 500 yards long well i put the camera at the end of one of them windrows and right on the edge of the creek so to make it around there he had to come through that little pinch spot there you go and uh and, that, and that's what happened. He happened to do that that night. And uh, so I went in there, and this tree, like I said, was not ideal. I got 13 foot off the ground, high as I could get. Mm-hmm. And uh, and immediately had a doe and a yearling come through. And I'm not feeling real confident about this spot, but it's the last place he was. So mm-hmm. I see an hour before dark, I see three bucks coming in. Want the bigger ones an eight point and like two smaller cold bucks they come in come right in front of me and behind them about 15 minutes behind them and uh, probably 50 70 yards behind them 
I catch a glimpse of a big body just splitting a gap in the woods. I was like, that's some, that's some mature deer. Mm-hmm. I didn't see back. I was just like, the way he's acting, walking slow, cautious. I'm thinking it's a, another eight point or whatever that I get pictures of that I've seen the previous hunt. I said, he always comes in slow. It's probably him. Well, it wasn't. It was, it was a big guy. <laughs> so, it's awesome. He, uh, he came all the way down wind. I had a good, uh, north, northwest wind that day. And he got as far south of me as he could down wind. And, uh, he came up and I was listening to this deer for 30 minutes walking. So slow and cautious he came mm. in. Mm. And, uh, Finally, it was just like he walked into a through a doorway. He just boom right there at fifty, mm-hmm. snuck in there. And uh, anyway, I already had my bow in my hand. An hour before dark, I'm hunting this deer. I, I grabbed my bow about four o'clock and uh, hold on to it. So uh, I already had my feet set and everything. I didn't really have to do much movement besides draw back. And uh, I got a call coming in. Anyway, he uh, he walked in kind of made an S shape to me and he was pushing some of them other bucks kind of out of the way and whatnot and he got to I had two shoot windows and when he got his head in the first one he was about to take he did take two more steps and I was going to draw but one of them other bucks coughed and uh pretty loud and it startled me startled the deer and he bolted about 15 20 yards away from me I was like, you kidding, man? It's it's five ten, and here at five ten, it's getting pretty dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep, real dark. So I was like, oh gosh, this this not gonna happen. And sure enough, he eases back to me, and before he gets in that window, he stops. And I was nervous about it being too dark to see my feet socks, and I really couldn't. And his leg stopped, his front leg stopped in a gap about a foot wide of these two small trees growing next to each other. And about mid-distance, 10 yards away from me, 10 yards from him, he was, you know, chip shot, 20 yards, mm-hmm. right where he wanted, perfectly broadside. Well, I just, I drew back, put my bead on the back of his front leg and just followed it up until I hit that dark spot. And I felt like I was on the money right there. And I squeezed it between them two trees. And it was just... <laughs> That's awesome. It's, That's awesome, it's dude. It's smoking, man. When he yep. took off running, he went up these two windrows, and, uh, which is out into the open field, and I was like, perfect. He didn't, he's not even going to make it to the woods. And sure enough, he went 120 yards. And he oh, laid down there. Well, congrats, dude. That's awesome. I mean, so, you know, what, so you said mid-December is the rut. Um, I guess, you know, coming up here, we're looking You'll at – You'll start seeing that. You'll start seeing that. I mean, okay. I really don't – call it rut till about december you'll just see you know some bucks start like yesterday i saw a little buck kind of pushing a doe around but yeah i don't think any of these does are coming in heat quite yet you sure. might have some really so there's but, there's uh, definitely good times ahead though you know i think i think you know going going forward this week what if you had to focus on um something to hunt are you hunting um like close to a buck's bed like like you did are you still staying in with that pattern or what are you going to be if trying to know, do if you if you have a good idea, he's there. Yes, and you know, punch your wind always. Mm-hmm. First thing to think about your wind, because a buck like that, they smell you or see you. It's, I mean, your chances go down about fifty percent. I feel like sure. every time that happens. Sure. So, you know? okay. So, last question here, on a scale of one to ten, if you had to rank buck movement in this next week, 
where do you think we're going to be at? Uh, this next week, I'd say uh, probably a seven to eight just because it's warming up. We've had some real good cold days and not too cold because here in Alabama, if it gets too go- too cold, deer will bed down. Sure, same here. And yep. Won't see, you won't see much of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's been that perfect, you know, high 55 degree, 56 degree days, sunshine, a, a light frost every morning, and that's my ideal. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for hopping on, Daniel, and I appreciate the report, man. We'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today.
O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild. But searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today. Because trust me, there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth. My good friend, Patrick Pacinger, has been hunting all over the country, but recently he had some real nice success in his home state of Tennessee. Patrick, what's happening, brother? Not much, not much. Just uh, still riding this high that I'm on, kind of not uh, still in disbelief. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you know, uh, Patrick, if I had to describe you, I'd describe you as a jolly fella, just in general, man. You're always happy. And then, because uh, that's like how we met you the first time. You were just smiling the whole time. <laughs> I was like, that's a nice well, guy. And then, right now, I bet you about as jolly as it gets for Patrick. Golly, <laughs> man. Well, thank you, brother. Yeah. yeah my, my cheeks has been hurting. I've been smiling. <laughs> I'd imagine, man. So, you uh, you were blessed with a really, really great buck there. Uh, kind of close to home, right? Yes. Yes. This was actually right on my home farm. Uh doesn't get any better than that i've over the last 12 years i've i've managed this property and it's went from nothing over 100 inches to where every year i'm getting good quality bucks and only taking this will this is the only second buck i've taken in 12 years would you call us east tennessee yes yes i'm in the in the point right right up against the appalachian mountains uh not too far from gatlinburg (laughs) pigeon forge 60 miles from Asheville, north carolina so is it kind of hilly? Yes, yep. I'm at the foot foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, about three or four miles crow fly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more of the valley. It is um, it's not flat; it's rolling. Gotcha. So we do have some hills, but I'm not actually in the mountains. Yeah, and this is this is kind of similar to our home, where most of the I guess you'd call it ag is actually just hay pasture, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, for years, it was. 90% hay pasture, cattle pasture. We're getting a little bit more crops going on, but 
um, mostly not your good uh, deer habitat. Mm-hmm. So what have you been focusing on uh, as far as hunting deer if there's no, you know, is there, a, is there a bed to food source that you're working with or what are you looking at when you go out and you're trying to kill a deer this time of year? Well, if, if, if it's public or somewhere that you can't manage, what you're wanting to look for is acorns mm-hmm. because we're, we've got a lot of timber is trying to find those acorns they're feeding on. <laughs> If you can find an ag field that's been cut, focus on that. Um, those are the couple of things you want to focus on. That's where you're going to find the does mm-hmm. is either cut ag or on the acorns. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm assuming you guys do quite a bit of planting food plots and stuff like that throughout the year on different places. And it's no different there at home, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, we, we typically, I, I plant mossy oak biologic and, I like the clover, oats, and radishes. Mm-hmm. Never had really good luck with turnips, uh, but especially clover and oats. It just seems like it doesn't get cold enough here. If they hit turnips, it's usually end of February, March, mm-hmm. and a lot of them will rot. So I usually don't plant that. Mm-hmm. And you recently killed what may be the county record there, and I would assume he's pretty close to that food plot there, huh? Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I was blessed to kill. Um, he's going to gross <laughs> right at, right under 180. Woo! Uh, one, <laughs> 178 and two eights. And our record previously from 1988 to 2008 was uh, 148 inch. Mm. So such a huge jump. Um, yeah, I've improved the quality, the everything here at my house over the years. It's took 12 years, but uh, timber, I've thinned some of the hardwoods down. Um, let one field that's a couple acres just grow up, basically CRP for bedding and cover. And then next to that, I'll plant the biologic, probably just a half acre. They don't spend a lot of time in there, but it gives them something green, something to eat. And then next to it, uh, the farmer will leave about an acre of standing beans for me. So gotcha. That's where the deer this time of year ends up is in the standing beans. Mm-hmm. Or the that's nice. So this time of year, there's a lot of shifting going on, you know, depending on where you're at. You're kind of on the cusp of the south and in the Midwest there. Uh, you know, the rut's kind of changing. It might be getting kind of post-rut. And then also you have some different seasons coming in. And uh, I know you, you, you embrace the gun season that comes around and make the most of it, right? Do you change your tactics some whenever gun season comes around? Uh, yes, I don't I don't want in there super tight. Um, I want to give myself a little bit of a, a, a buffer. You know, I like that 80 to 100 yards back mm-hmm. uh, to give them room. And, and where this deer was, he was in the CRP right on the edge of the hardwoods. There was no way of getting in there. So the closest I could get was on the creek with the biologic in front of me and then the CRP on the other side setting back overlooking that CRP mm. and that was a transition he was walking through the CRP would come through the biologic going to the beans behind me so if I would have been sitting in the beans I probably wouldn't have shot him because he didn't get to me until about 10 minutes a lot late. Mm, man yes yeah, kind yeah. of late movement there so as we look forward to kind of like this Thanksgiving holiday weekend type time period what do you predict the buck movement to be like in Tennessee I think it's going to be really good. Um, it's going to get a little bit warmer 
I uh, wish it was colder. Mm-hmm. Um, I see that it looks like maybe up in the 50s for a couple of highs. Um, but traditionally, the thing with Tennessee is, is, you know, we've got the three stars. We've got eastern, middle, and western. So we're such diverse because we're such a, a east to west state. Mm-hmm. But typically, it seems like here in East Tennessee, the, some of the best rut is from uh, Thanksgiving through the first week of December. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get caught up here because they see a, a 40-inch buck running does the first week of November, and they're like, oh, they're rutting. Well, I typically don't see the big boys in, from now when I killed until that first end of the first week of December. Hmm. So so I think a lot of people has got a good opportunity at those big mature bucks. Good times ahead of us, man. Turkey, potato salad, and all that kind of stuff, and then just – Get rutting out there bucks. and get some big old rutting bucks, rutting man. Around. So if you that, had to rank that, it one to ten, what would you call it for the next week? I'd say a good solid eight. Ooh, solid eight, baby. Let's mm. go. I yeah. like it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's higher than my grades in college for sure. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, cool, man. Congrats on the giant buck, dude, and uh, appreciate the time and the report and the friendship, man. I, I just can't thank you enough, and, and it's just cool to see, you know, uh, nice people having having fun and, and shooting deer and just getting out in God's creation, man. So congratulations. Thank you, brother. Nothing like seeing the creator through his creation. That's right, man. That's it's, exactly uh, right, brother. And and very blessed to call you guys my friends. <laughs> Thanks, Patrick. Yes, sir. We have got Jimmy Shirey on the phone now. He is a hunter in Pennsylvania. Jimmy, what's been happening, dude? Uh, it's been... Off and on lately, that's what I would say. Yeah? Lots of uh, yeah. deer moving around and then all of a sudden they quit or what? It, they're sp- spotty where, I'm, where I've been hunting. <laughs> you, you're on them one day and then they're gone the next is what I've been seeing. I think it's because you just take time off and go take pictures of those giant elk all the time. I think that's what, what's happening to you, you know? <laughs> that, could, that could also be part of it, too. <laughs> yes. Between that and work. Yeah. Oh, it always gets in the way, man. Dead gummit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know. So, uh... It's uh you know mid to late November right now. Um, what has been happening in the deer woods up there? Are the deer still kind of rutting, or are they chasing does around, or is it a little different than that? I've been seeing a lot of rutting activity here, especially I work night shifts, and we have a lot of ag fields where I work, so there's a lot of deer. So I've been seeing a lot of bucks chasing still, mm-hmm. and even while hunting, I've seen a few like you know looking for does myself and passed up a couple bucks here in the last week. Our archery season just ended the past Friday, so. I hunted that last week pretty hard and passed up a couple bucks, and I might kick myself in the butt for later. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's always a tough choice for sure. What's the weather been like lately? Um, It's been very, very cold the last couple of days. Now, we got that, a real big snowstorm to begin the week there. Is that very cold Pennsylvania style or Texas style? <laughs> uh, I'd say Pennsylvania style. I mean, it's, yesterday it was like the real feel of like five degrees. Oh, yeah, that's cold. That's terrible. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cold. <laughs> yeah, we don't really see that every year here. <laughs> so when that happens, does that uh, change deer movement much? From what I see, for me, yeah, I, I definitely notice a lot of deer, like they don't seem to move as far. I mean, I still saw a couple of bucks that were like, kind of like small or young bucks looking for does, but I, I think a lot of the mature bucks kind of definitely – hang out with the does and bed, does don't move a lot from their bedding areas. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're going to hunt that approach, is does it feel like mornings or evenings are better when those deer aren't moving very far? I'm, I'm seeing more movement in the mornings is what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. 
Really? Definitely like first light the first couple hours, you know, till like nine in the morning or so, and then it kind of dies off. What kind of movement? Is it like cruising bucks movement or just overall deer movement, like to and from food sources, or what do you think? I just think it's, I just think it's more overall just deer movement from food sources, getting up, moving around, getting warm a little bit, and getting a little bit to eat, and then, you know, the bucks hanging out. And I'm sure a few bucks are still chasing around, even at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said a while ago that there's a lot of ag fields around. What's the primary ag food source in your area? In my area, probably would be oaks a lot. We have a lot of like red oak in my area where I hunt primarily. Mm-hmm. Spotty white oak. This year wasn't a super good year. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of areas were kind of dead because we had a big gypsy moth infestation. That's so right. So they killed a lot of the trees. Mm-hmm. So. We saw some of those a few years ago, like yeah. like coat the bark in their caterpillars and stuff, right? It's kind of yeah. gross. Yeah, yeah, it's really gross and really bad for acorns. Huh. So now the reds do will those will those acorns last like for several more weeks or you know a couple months or are they pretty much dying out as a food source? They, I mean, I'm sure in spots they'll last, but I mean, from what I see, by the time our gun seasons get in, the pressure really turns up. Cause we got really bad, hard pressure here in PA. Mm-hmm. I mean, the deer really quit kind of looking at it a lot. You know, they kind of go to thick areas, start just browsing. Yeah. So they're just, uh, they'll just be eating like woody browse out in the woods. Yeah. Just, yep. just yeah. Little, you know, little bushes and a lot of, I know like Japanese, I forget what exactly called some kind of Japanese, like little berry bush. It's inv- invasive here in PA, a lot of places. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. it's a little dinky bush has little red berries. <laughs> they really love that. It's really spiky. Uh, a lot of spikes on it. Yeah. Gotcha. Not good for us. Good for them. So, uh, <laughs> as, yeah, as the, uh, pressure ramps up there with the gun season, uh, are you shifting your focus kind of more to those deep holes, maybe some that, clear that's, cuts? Yeah, that that's exactly thing? my game plan. My game plan is to get where other guys either can't or won't go. Yeah. I mean, getting that thick stuff and, you know, you might not be able to see, you know, with a with a rifle, you know, you can't see that two hundred yard or whatever, and you're gonna see fifty. But that's where the deer are gonna be, and that's what they got. That's where they're gonna be. It's where you should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Cool. So as we kind of look towards this, uh, you know, looking forward to maybe the start of what people would call late season, right? So kind of a end of lockdown, post rut type stuff. Um, what do you expect the bucks to be doing mostly? Um. I think here in PA, I think you're going to see a little surge once the first week of rifle ends here next week. Our rifle opens this coming Saturday. And after the first initial burst of people, you know, in the woods, I think you'll see a little burst of rut coming right back. And I think you'll see some bucks cruising around looking for the last few does, you know, and looking mm-hmm. for the end of the end of the rut type phase. Is so it- I think you'll see a little more movement. Is it Japanese barberry? Is that what it is? That would be it. Yep, okay, that'd be so, the one. so that's what people need to key in on going going forward, right? <laughs> that'd cool. be the one. All right, it's an invasive landscaping uh, now con- now considered or actually banned uh, in Pennsylvania. Well, so. but, yeah, we had a lot of coal mines. So that's what they use. They use the cheap stuff like that, the black locust and that barberry, and mm-hmm. they plant that it just spreads like crazy mm, all right well it's illegal <laughs> but don't tell the plants of the deer okay so jimmy if you uh, if you had to rank what you predict the deer movement to be like specifically the buck movement over the next week on a scale of one to ten what would you think it would be i'd say natural movement a five and pressure movement probably an eight really all right you like the I, pressure I think so huh? i mean we have a lot of pressure in public lands here a lot of people and I mean, you know, there's not a lot of places that aren't. I mean, other than this real thick stuff, a lot of places aren't going to be peopleless. I should say. Mm-hmm. Wow, 
That's mm-hmm. cool, man. I haven't ever thought about the pressure like making the hunting that much better. So that's exciting, man. It's a good time to be a hunter I mean, in PA, be- sounds like. That sounds like it. I'm hoping to be anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, dude, I hope you find a real big one this upcoming weekend, man. Thanks for the report. Yep. Thank you. Sounds like an exciting time to be in the deer woods. I know a lot of you are in despair because the rut is over, but guess what? It's not, all right? Deer season isn't over. The deer have to exist somewhere, and that place is out in the wild country, so you need to get there as quick as you can. A couple things to maybe help you, inspire you, or get you excited, or just pass the time. The Element has a new ground hunting video from Kansas where I put a stalk on a giant buck that I have a lot of history with. And man, big bucks just do big buck things. That's all I'm going to say. Also, Tony Peterson has a new video out on camping on a hunt and some of the things you may or may not want to consider doing while you're on that hunt. It's on the Wired to Hunt channel. And the last thing you need to do this week, guys, is to be thankful for the blessings that you have. All right, it's Thanksgiving. Good time to think about that kind of stuff. Be appreciative of the creation that we have around us and thankful for the deer we get to hunt and the families we have and the people that are around us that support us and help us do what we love to do. And we want to thank you guys as well for helping us do what we love to do, supporting us with this podcast. And remember, this is Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana. They're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.